I told one the person that park like a douchebag, we need to fight. But also another funny story, I remember this guy, you know, with the mats, it's really hard to tell people things because you know you used to read lips and I noticed this guy's fly is down so I tried to do your fly is down trying to mouth it out and then I realized we're in the map wearing a mask so I was kind of doing like this awkward thing and he looked at me like it was crazy and he didn't fix his fly So, uh, so wait, where was this at? Yeah, it was well, a bunch of friends. So, and he was just celebrating. He recently got engaged. So I'm thinking, like, we're asking about his engagement. I'm thinking that's great. So I'm thinking, oh, his flies down. So I was thinking, your flies down. X Y Z, and just doing like this. And he just looked at me and just smiled. I'm thinking, okay, okay. There's nothing you could have done for him, Belmars. Nothing more that you could have done for him. Yeah, I really tried. You really did try to tell that man to to get his life situated, and he just looked at you like that. Oh, girl, that's so nice of you to say. (laughs) Oh my God! Welcome back, everybody, to Confrontational Millennials. I'm Nikki Alley, and the other co-host, Belmars. Oh man, what a next week is Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. So what major plans do you have for Thanksgiving? Um honestly, like ne- I feel like I'm going to blink and like next week is going to be here and gone. Like I have so Thanksgiving, of course, like our bubble is getting together, so that just means like me, mom, dad, my brothers and then my brother's girlfriend. But I feel like that is going to be nothing compared to like, so like right after that, my dad's birthday this year is on Sunday. Um, And so we've decided, and he's turning 60, which what a year to turn 60, but my father didn't, you know, plan to be born in 1960. So, um, So he's turning 60 this year. And so my mom was like, oh, we have to have a parade, right? So we're going to have a parade on Sunday and um, she's decided that we're going to make um, uh, cake balls and uh, pecan candy and like give them out as little favors. But then my job, because I've set a precedent for myself because I hate myself, obviously, (laughs) um, is that I have to like decorate my car and make like a sign, you know, like when people do parades, I have to do something great because it's my daddy's birthday. And so like the pressure, I'm like, I haven't figured out what I'm going to like, what artsy fartsy thing I'm gonna do the like theme is like saints because he's from Louisiana and I guess if you're from Louisiana when you're born you have to sign a blood contract that you're gonna worship the saints forever (laughs) I don't know but like (laughs) he's so it's saints themed and I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna I don't know what I'm gonna do I thought about just I thought about making him a crown but I'm like what am I gonna do for my car I don't know <laughs> it's it's so difficult so uh, all I can think is like Mardi Gras theme since you know right. so I don't know Mardi Gras is like canceled this year so that's I mean the next coming year so yeah because I went to Mardi Gras last well this year god damn the year's just like drag on it feels like it was 10 years ago right like did you wait to like 
Girl, yes, I remember it back in the before times. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty nice, except people keep trying to outrun the parade float and dying. So it's like, I thought, okay, then, like the first time I heard about it, I mean, I'm going to be racist for a moment. I'm thinking, okay, this person is obviously white. No, it was a black woman. I'm thinking, oh, okay, no. she's not from New Orleans. No, she actually lived there for the past six years. So I'm thinking, why? Why would you do this? Why would you do this? Oh, no. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll figure out something, I guess. But I have a week. So, oh, gosh. And my mom is like, it's not a secret, but she hasn't told my dad yet. And I'm like, so what are you going to tell him? Ah, <laughs> oh, God damn it. What happened? I, it's I, jelly stuff. I burnt <laughs> myself. Oh, no. Belmars is trying to, is trying to eat it. What is that? <laughs> like a, like a Phil here burn jelly thing. Oh, look at you, chef. And she burned herself. Do you need medical attention? No, it's not that hot. I got a little bit on my laptop. I know very unprofessional for a podcast, but who cares? Listen, we're not, we're in the, we're in the after, we're in the after times of Corona. Nobody cares. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's technically gonna see so there's that um let's move on though to good news and bad news Belmars, what do you have this week in good news well with the coronavirus coming in and i think still hilarious i do like the fact that some members of the gop are slowly turning on trump not all of them but some of them are i think that's pretty good I can't wait till he gets evicted in January. It's going to be hilarious. I can't wait either. I'm going to tune in. to. I don't watch television, but I, I plan for that to be some great television. Yeah. Um, yes. That is exciting. Just, just to have his own party against him. What a treat. What a, what a, exactly. But there's still a lot. Like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham are still with them. Well, uh, Mitch McConnell is a dilapidated turtle. So that man is, and he looks like death. So he's probably going to die. And you know, yeah, soonish. And then Lindsey Graham looks like a weasel. He looks like, he's <laughs> like in the next life, he's going to probably be a weasel. Probably. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Um, in bad news this week, um, I need like, for those of you who like have a bubble, you've created a bubble for coronavirus. I need you to just have Thanksgiving with the bubble. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm allowing you, I'm allowing the bubble cause I'm having Thanksgiving with the bubble, but please don't go out of town. Don't like, don't risk several people. Cause like that's several people's lives you're risking. I need you to like, unless you're driving. But if you have to get on a plane to go somewhere, like you risking several hundreds, if not maybe a thousand people's lives or not thousands. And it's like, for what? So you can see Mima and you can like expose her? I need you to stay. Are you really going to risk it for that, for some pie? Right, for some pie. I mean, yeah, some mac and cheese is good enough to slap your mama, but really it's not worth it. Uh, Zoom Thanksgiving is better than an ICU Christmas. That's right. And it sucks because usually I love Thanksgiving because people want to skip out from Halloween to Christmas, but I actually like Thanksgiving because I always cook up a crap load of food. And usually my sisters come and we try to do a nice, great Thanksgiving. I was even about to invite my boyfriend and his mom over since they really don't do anything, but mm-hmm. 
we have to stay in our bubble. We have to stay safe. Yeah. Hopefully with the other Thanksgivings and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I need y'all, uh, like you, you've already, like all of y'all have already fucked up the entire year because you couldn't stand, you couldn't even have a summer like most of y'all because you wanted to have an okay spring. So now we can't have Thanksgiving or even possibly Christmas because y'all are selfish. So I need y'all to sacrifice this one time because at this point, like I, I, I need y'all to do it not even for yourselves but for the people for the other for others it's for the rest of us who've been doing the right thing this entire time I need y'all to stay your ass at home because like we don't deserve this we don't deserve this we don't deserve this. Blast. I mean I mean I'm a proud Texan and all but we recently reached the milestone of, of a million cases which is really sad yeah. so I'm thinking seriously Texas get your shit together I can't. Pecan pie is not that important. If you must, like, if you must have your your auntie, your great aunt's, like, second cousin removes pecan pie, tell that girl to, like, make one and freeze it and send it to you. Like, send each other some care packages or something. I don't know. But, like, or the recipe. Have a Zoom Thanksgiving, okay? And then you can, like, you can still shit talk over Zoom, like, you could still be like, I still make a better pecan candy than you, Cheryl May. Something. I don't care. But, like, just stay home. <laughs> and you probably get, like, the tea from your cousin some other time. I mean, I'd love to get some tea from my cousins. Just thinking, like, oh, yeah, she's on a third baby daddy. That's right. Whisper, like, listen, just call her. This is a great time for y'all to just realize that you don't have to wait till a holiday. You could just call. You yeah. can just call your family whatever you want. Like, if they have access to a phone. Now, I know some of y'all, maybe not. But if I'm, most people have access to it, just call them. Be like, girl, tell me the Thanksgiving tea. I know, even though it's November the 23rd or something. Like, just give it to me straight today. Like, just, that's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. I like mess, so I like hearing about family gossip. Like, oh, she dropped out? <laughs> well, then again, I'm just being messy. Right. It's a fun time, and you can be messy over Zoom, bitches. Be messy over Zoom. And that's that on that. Um, all right. Well, so we're going to move on to, hmm, do you want to play shenanigans first, or do you want to talk about girlhood? That is our, our topic for today. Yes. I actually got the inspiration for girlhood from the film Cuties. Yes. So recently, well, I guess it's probably old news by now, but Netflix caught a lot of flack for cuties because I want to say the American department really fucked up. They did. As somebody who's not seen cuties, like Belmars is like actually watched. Have you watched both versions or you've watched only one? Well, I only watched cuties, but I watched it with in French with uh, English subtitles. Right. So it's kind of like the original version where you can still understand it. Right, yeah. So there's a right, so there's a, a French Singalese version, right? And then there's the, the American version. And I feel like where the American version went wrong, just like I'm gonna t- put on like my my marketing hat because I've been doing this for four years, like marketing. So I guess at this point I kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um from a marketing standpoint, that was 
what was that like even like i think i saw uh, first of all i've only saw like maybe two advertisements for this movie and one of them was post movie being released so it was like somebody it was people reacting to certain clips in the movie so i only really saw this movie because everybody else was talking about it and i'm not really sure how they like you know how they like heard about it because i didn't see it anywhere but the way that they market this marketed this is not like a a magnified view of girlhood from the perspective of like um from the perspective of this like she's muslim right she's yeah like, she's french Singalese and she was raised muslim right she was raised muslim and like it, it was like this girl struggling through um a, a specific time in her life and where she just kind of wanted you know some control right i feel like that that's like the main kind of gist of it without like giving away certain parts of the movie because at this point i've heard several people who have watched it you one of my other friends have pretty much told me like the plot but like they the way that they marketed this like the art like the poster art it was just it was like it for this like particular i'll say like america is not conservative whatsoever when you look at america compared to a lot of other nations america is not conservative we literally use sex to sell shit but like this like when it comes to youth and like girls like the the whole sex sells thing was like was not a good move here like i feel like that poster art where like the like that girl was like pretty much like humping the air and like that clip where they did like the final dance scene where they were they were like it was it was all over the place and like the parents in the audience were appalled like that was pretty much that scene encapsulated what everybody felt like this movie looked like from the outside without having the proper marketing so that was i haven't seen it and like one of the reasons that i didn't look at it was because it was marketed like so poorly and i think that's it sucks because this seems like a really good film to like talk about that sort of issue but like yeah. i'm really curious to like hear what your thoughts on on it were and like how you like felt about it because yeah cuz i don't have a marketing background but seeing like the american post with them being super sex and like sexy dance poses i'm thinking that's a turnoff cuz you know these girls are like 10 11 years old right and in the french ones just you know a bunch of girls just having fun cuz i think that was probably them just kind of exploring themselves Right. And the uh, director, who is a French uh, Muslim Singalese woman, right. she actually saw, like, you know, those dance competitions with Dance Mom with those girls who were doing super sexy moves. Mm-hmm. She was actually, like, curious and thinking, okay, how do you feel about girlhood? So she researched them, interviewed them for, like, two years. And I was thinking about, okay, like, when I was around that age, I can see myself, okay, I remember dancing, showing off my stomach and you know kind of feel curious about sex and stuff like that but i really have no way to talk about it so she wanted that freedom and she had to choose between okay do you want to grow up in this super sexualized world or do i just want to be this young girl again because she never really had an opportunity to do that so and so yeah the american department fucked up on it royally so a lot of people thought it was pedophilia and when you see like the dancing it was uncomfortable yeah i admit that but it was only like a small part of the movie right so 
And so, and people canceled their Netflix account and really missed out on this good movie because it made me question like, when does a girl become a woman? Because yeah. I'm guessing she does ministry and how she like changed her look and wear makeup and she meets this girl group of girls who wear makeup scantily clad clothes and mm -hmm. and she wants to like reflect what she sees on like social media whereas like when we grew up in the 90s yeah we have Britney Spears and the Spice Girls and seen on TV but girls today I guess the younger generation mm -hmm. they have everything in their pocket where they can see it on social media because I'm thinking how many times have I seen a young girl did the WAP dance yeah. on tiktok or anything yeah and like girls dancing like bring it on and dance moms i'm mm -hmm. thinking they're already doing the dances but it's not something we openly talked about so it's kind of sad that people just write it off as like pedophilia versus something genuine that we need to talk about with girls yeah yeah no i agree um definitely when we grow up grew up in like the late 90s like early 2000s like i I feel like we were seeing, like, like you said, like the Spice Girls, Britney Spears, um, like all of these like cultural um, phenomenons. And I feel like that was when like the idea of like girlhood and womanhood was like blending really like it, the lines became really blurred, especially when Britney Spears came out with like hit me baby one more time. And she was wearing that schoolgirl outfit. And like, it started this craze of like, the things that we associate with like girlhood right like you're going to school like you're you're young like the picture of youth all of a sudden like that became like a sexual symbol and it kind of like it it i think like and i think that was why people had such a visceral visceral reaction i like especially our generation because it's just kind of like we've grown up and we've I mean, like, I, like, just as a, like an, an example, like, when do you, like, when do you remember, like, the first time when you were, like, inappropriately objectified at a young age? Like, did you ever, like, notice, like, anybody, like, you know, like, any men, like, leering at you or, like, like, they said something inappropriate to you? Yeah, I think the first time... Well, I guess it's when I was in like ninth grade, because, you know, I was hanging out with my dad friend. They're like, oh, how old are you? I'm thinking I was like 14, 15. Like, oh, Tony, you had to work out the boys. I'm thinking I didn't really get it. And then I remember when the first time I was catcalled, I was actually, I think, my junior year. So I think like 15 or 16, mm -hmm. I will have to go change my clothes. And my older sister, not my oldest ones, encouraged me to wear shorts. Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking okay so I decided to wear shorts it was hot it was in the summer I want to say it's like in June July mm -hmm. and of course I was cat call like crazy like dang get it girl dang you fine ma and I and it was quite shocking to see that because I'm guessing I was under the age 18 I didn't know how to take it I mean yeah. I still don't know how to take compliments but still kind of like being sexualized at that young age when I'm still didn't know what I want in life it's right very very shocking yeah I think um I think like I remember I feel like the first time like I kind of um I don't I don't think it was so much sexualized but like I retrospectively looking back like the first time like I was like um what's the word I'm looking for like the first time I was um 
kind of made to be aware that like like I was going to be sexualized at some point I was when like I was I was very young it was before 10 like and that was when like my dad like stopped letting me like jump in like bouncy houses with dresses on like they they wouldn't let me climb climb trees if I didn't have long enough shorts on like do you know what I'm saying like it, it was like yeah those- and kind of like it would be weird to like sleep in the same bed with like say your father I'm thinking after a certain mm-hmm. point when mm-hmm. he had a certain age or physical attributes becomes wrong and we no longer do that anymore right yeah so like I think um and I say that to say like I feel like our generation had such a visceral reaction to like that those cuties images because like we we grew up with people with that like sexualized like youth girlhood image where like men were like 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 preying on traits that were totally unacceptable like you know and I feel like this also reminds me of when we were in high school and do you remember that like guy in high school where they were literally only like a year or so apart but he was over the age like she was under the age of consent and he had just turned 18 and it was like that was policed very like heavily like he he that he 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 got punished for that like just for being in a relationship with that girl um but like and it's like and it's like that was punished so severely but like there are men who will like and that's why like I think I kind of have a thing with like age like there were men who will be like in their 20s and will like try to like like snatch girls who are barely in high school or barely out of high school like 30s 40s like 20s who like constantly go after these girls who are like 15 17 barely 18 and it's like and it's like like why like how did we get to this point where like girlhood and like womanhood were kind of blurred and so I think like the next thing that I would want to like ask is um when did you feel like you um you stepped into womanhood and you were like no longer in girlhood like when was womanhood for you I guess well I guess for me it's a little bit weird since you know I've been raised in a single parent home with a single father so a lot of things with my mother passing away and I didn't really have my sisters have to be like a lot of things I didn't discover myself like Mm -hmm. uh periods and stuff how to use a tampon Mm -hmm. um and uh, how to dress myself, how to like take care of myself. Cause I didn't really have like a strong female figure around. So I had to like figure that at an earlier age. And when I first went natural, I'm thinking, okay, as a black woman, I need to take care of my hair. I mean, I'm lazy now. I mean, I'm usually <laughs> with my hair now. Me too, girl. <laughs> but I'm thinking once I was like 16, when I first went natural, my dad, of course, he tried what he could like, okay, I just take you to, natural hair salon it'll teach you how to do it so I learned how to comb my hair so I guess around 16 when I had to learn a lot more things myself since and then I had to learn about sex luckily I didn't have to learn the hard way about sex mm-hmm. um and so I have to read some books on that so I guess when I was like 16 I had to learn okay how to handle myself I mean I didn't have to worry about boys too much but you know as my dad I was like oh you're wearing that or that that was my mom pretty much all of the time like I could not walk out of the house um without her like like 
okaying my, my outfit and that continued on and like until I was in like my 20s or whatever and like I would say like that I stopped that like maybe like a couple of years ago like three four years so like okay like I really don't care if you don't like this outfit I'm gonna leave anyway <laughs> yeah I remember I wore this nice black dress I wore for like this student thing for the student award ceremony when I was going to uh to my college and thinking oh that's really short I would prefer if you wear something longer thinking it's fine it's great yeah um so. I so yeah, a lot of those things I think probably learned earlier on how to handle things, how to be womanly, probably set boundaries. So I guess I'm a little bit lucky in the fact that now I'm older, it's, I no longer ask permission. I just more like tell them as a heads up. Right. I mean, eventually I do want to move out. I mean, for the millennial, but yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, it's, we have obviously distinct differences in our like, and how we grew up obviously because I I grew up with both my parents but I also grew up with majority men in my house <laughs> so like right like we're we're similar in that way a little bit because yeah. I grew up with but I did have my mom to refer to um and I think I learned I definitely learned about womanhood when I was very young like when I was I remember when I was seven years old like I asked my mom where babies come came from and you know how like a lot of the times like they'll explain it like oh, I'll explain it when you're older or like they give you like like real basic stuff um my mom gave me a whole book like she's like here you go and it had detailed pictures and so the girl was seven and she was like oh so they come and the baby gets grown and like so like I think like I was like when I was young like I learned and also I feel like I went through puberty. I know I wouldn't say like way too early. I think this spoiler, like spoiler alert, if you think like periods are gross and shit for any listeners that are listening, I need you to go away and grow up and then come back when you're an adult. But anyway, I like my first period was when I was 11, right? And I remember it was like in October. Um, I want to say it was, it was October the 13th. Um, and like we were on it was the worst like I, I wouldn't say it was the absolute worst place to have a period but we were taking my grandmother back to Louisiana and like I like I was like something is wet something is wet right and so I went to the bathroom obviously because I had to go to the bathroom and like it was like I ruined like my my underwear and my pants like it was like it was like my period was like um if it's gonna be the first time it's gonna be go off with a boom girl bam welcome to womanhood bitch and it was like oh no I don't like this um but uh yeah I feel like it and it was like with my dad it was a lot of like well with both of them my mom is very like that doesn't go together like you need to put something else on and and both of them were kind of like that's too short you need to wear shorts under that that's too this you need to do that and it was like it was it was weird like um having being in this little middle ground type of thing where it was like I'm still like fairly young but there's like expectations of me now that like I have a period and like I um I'm developing breasts and like uh I I remember like the first time 
I like, I think like I started like smelling like body odor or whatever. Like I was, I was like seven or eight or something. And my parents are like a little gruff. My mom is not like the sweet, like, like, oh, so nice hug, hug type of mom. She's just blunt. And so like the first time I ever thought that I smelled a little like, like musky, little funny, she was like, you just need to put deodorant on. And I was like seven. So I was like, I, first of all, I barely know what deodorant is. Like, what the hell is that? What do you mean? Just put deodorant on girl? What? Like, but it was, it was that. Like a lot of it was presented to me like that. Like, oh, you want to know where babies come from? Here's a book that outlines all of the an anatomical things that you need to know. You yeah. have body odor. Here's some deodorant, like deal with it. There was no like talking through things with my parents or my family and of course my brothers had nothing to do <laughs> with any of that they were like I want as little to do with that as possible um so there was no talking through any of these things it was just kind of like here's the information like kind of like figure if you have questions I guess come to me but that's like figure it out you know kind yeah. of with my oldest sister she's kind of blunt like that she's like you stink put on some Take a bath. I met her, and that sounds exactly like something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was a little bit meaner, I guess. She kind of mellowed out better because she realized it's like their concession. Because my oldest sister, I guess, is kind of like the closest thing to a mother figure because she said she'll kill me if I like bring home a guy that's like 20 years older than me. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> or kill him. Which one, know. which one, whichever one first, whoever doesn't run fast enough away from her, that's the person that's going to die. <laughs> I think. Well, she has people. <laughs> she has, I'll hunt you down. That's what it is. She's going to hunt you down. Oh my God. So, and I guess a lot of things I saw through what she dealt with her, because I did understand with periods and everything, thinking, huh, my oldest sister wears diapers. Ha 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 Not diapers. Oh, I'm probably going to use that when I get late use that as I get older that sucks because and she said how she, with my oldest sister talking with her she'll probably get her on one of these podcasts saying how she like got hit on at a young age like 14 because she developed early and it was like people of our grandfather's church was even more fucked up like how old are you 14 oh lord and it's like okay that's just disturbing <laughs> it's interesting I have a I have a, something different it, I mean, yeah, like, I think I had, I was asked a lot, and this, like, goes into a totally different topic of how, like, with Black people in general, like, people age us up a lot, yeah. like, they will make us older to justify doing specifically horrible things to us sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so I got asked a lot, well, obviously, when I was younger, and, like, I, I developed these things on my chest like like how, how old are you now and it's just kind of like I'm still 11 I told you that last week and so <laughs> like but I remember like it's so interesting that like your sister had like that well it's not interesting it's terrible like it's it's terrible that your sister had that like experience with older people who should know better but it's also like and now like retro retrospectively I can look back on this like um on this incident and kind of be all like wow like how did he end up like that because like there was this kid in uh, middle school and like you probably won't remember him because like my my mom has this like great talent of making people who like like bother me disappear forever <laughs> I don't know where he is but like 
he had said i don't even know how this happened but he basically like had alluded that i should give him a hand job or no a blow job right and of course like i was i i was raised i was raised catholic and so uh, that means super fucking sheltered and so like (laughs) he told this to me and all i knew was instinctive like i said no obviously because all i knew instinctually was like i don't like you and i don't want to do that um but i didn't know what that meant and so i went home and like i told i don't remember if i told my mom or i told one of my brothers because my brothers are like way older than me like the nearest one is almost 10 years older than me so i went home and told one of them one of the two it was either uh my the brother closest to me or my mom that somebody like this kid had told me to give him a blowjob and I didn't want to do it and I didn't know what that meant. Nobody explained to me what a blowjob was. Let me like make that clear. Like my, it's not like either one of them were like, uh, uh, a blowjob is when, no. All that happened was, was that my mom heard the word blowjob, somebody, and she's like, what's his name? What's his name? What do you look like? (laughs) And I was like, uh, and then like, when I tell you, like I never saw or heard from that kid again. (laughs) ever again and I remember like I reminded my mom of this like we were all sitting down at a table and like I told my mom about this I'm pretty sure it was no I I know I told my mom about this when it first happened because when I sat we were sat at the table I told everybody else that it happened like both my brothers were like what when is this when (laughs) like they squared up like they were about to fight him right there and I was like I don't you can't fight him now like I don't know I don't remember his name and I don't know where he lives. And they're like, why didn't we know about this? And I was like, well, first of all, I don't even know if Bryant was like, my oldest brother was still living with us. And then second of all, obviously mom didn't tell Andrew because she didn't feel like like breaking either my dad or my brother out of jail. Like, because <laughs> I feel like, because they were, they were all like up in arms. They were like, never told me this. My mom was like, I don't remember this. <laughs> you made that kid disappear i don't know where he is and she's just all like oh well (laughs) she's so nonchalant but like that's like it it was always interesting to me like now thinking back on it like how like that kid was obviously influenced by somebody like by like an older adult or like somebody in his life said to where he would feel like it necessary to offer like that sort of thing like to try to ask me that sort of thing and so like it's like I mean we're we definitely don't need to go into boyhood because we don't know anything about that obviously because we're not men but like it it's so interesting to look at the dichotomy of like like how that that kind of blurs like how you can be like how this 11 year old punk literally wanted me to give him a blowjob and like but you're it's so like I don't know it's so kind of weird to me yeah well I think it kind of makes me think about like I was listening to NPR and in Texas they're actually trying to go give like sex ed in school kind of like talk about um some people want to still do abstinence-only education, which doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, but they said they are going to talk about poly contraceptives and everything, but they're not going to talk about sexuality, which mm. to me, it's 
troubling. So they were saying that a lot of people say, oh, we just let parents teach them about sex. I'm thinking, I didn't learn anything about sex from my parents. Right. No, my parents, like, my, I wouldn't say that they, they, I wouldn't say like that, like when I was younger, they definitely weren't like, oh, Nicolette, please go and be fruitful or anything. Um, And they weren't encouraging me to like, you know, but like, and I don't, I I don't want to say, but they were way more comfortable talking with me about like sex and like having it and like being safe when I was in, when I graduated. Right. And really, like, only after I'd come out of college. And, like, to this day, for some reason, they still don't believe that I didn't have any sort of sexual experiences <laughs> in college. I don't know why they don't believe that. I'm an awkward duck. I mean, like, I'm an awkward, loud duck, but still a duck. And so, like, I don't, but, like, to this day, they still don't believe. They're like, eh. and I'm like, no, I really didn't do anything in college. Like, there wasn't. I, I didn't see an opportunity, so I didn't take one. Um, that's, that's mostly just focus on my stuff. I mean, were there opportunities that came in? I mean, yeah, but I was also awkward. I didn't know how to handle it because I'm thinking I never even kissed a boy at this point. I'm a late bloomer. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not sure how to handle that. And they said, the, and what was also interesting, I get to get it back on top of like the Texas sex ed, they were mm-hmm. mentioning how like the only time they ever mentioned like sexualities in terms of like STDs. So mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, as long as you don't have sex with a gay man, you won't get HIV, which is inaccurate. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and they said mostly a lot of kids, maybe that 11 year old punk one, like where everyone else learned about sex through porn. right the internet the wonderful wonderful internet which is what back then wasn't even as nearly like as crazy as it is now (laughs) i mean (laughs) yeah but you was responsible now but yeah i guess it wasn't as large so and also another way that people learn about sex and i guess sexuality is through like friends like oh girls like when you use tongue so it's kind of like the blind leading the blind yeah exactly i learned from my friends older brother older sibling thinking i like tongue girls like to have their boobs grab when i'm thinking versus like a boy actually asking a girl what they want it's kind of awkward so yeah so a lot of times like the blind leading the blind yeah i'm trying to remember what sex ed even was like for us in like do you even remember because i can't the only thing i remember about sex ed this is like the only scene i have was we were in the auditorium and like i i guess they were like going through like i don't know they brought a speaker in or something and they add they they were telling us that sex was like natural or something I don't remember and like they were like even your parents have sex or something and some kid was like no they don't (laughs) that's the only thing I can remember about sex ed like because truly like especially in the south it's the worst here like they don't teach sex ed yeah I mean I remember like anytime we did like for our health class for gyms I think probably like they split the boys up and the girls up and they just talk about puberty and that's about it yeah like the only thing I remember from my health class in uh high school this was freshman year of high school was um that they made us do like this little baby project or whatever you know like you have to do the stupid baby but it wasn't with an egg like I was actually mad 
as a freshman uh because like i was like where's the egg that i have to take care of where's the stupid baby doll that i have to because i would have been great at that i'm great with babies i would have aced a project if it was like keep this baby alive and happy i would have been like oh, i'm gonna be my health class i don't remember like with the baby. well we did have to do like a finance project and we had to like team up with someone else mm-hmm. and you had to randomly drag how many kids out i mean i teared up with this kid named diego i mean, just kind of cute i should have showed my <laughs> But, and we were married in New Mexico and we had one kid and I was a dental hygienist. See, so. now I, I had a partner, we did that same thing. I had a partner named Angel, right? Like Angel. Um, and I don't remember like where we got married, but I remember I had triplets somehow. I don't know how the fuck that happened. And like, we made, I think between the two of us, we made six figures or something. Um, which was good because I needed for all these babies I popped out, okay, <laughs> or else I would be poor, um, but or else we would be on the streets. But um, we, but somehow I don't know what happened on Hill, but like with it two weeks into the project, like I, I don't know if he transferred out, but I never saw that boy again. So I was a single mother. <laughs> making a hundred thousand dollars a year and i was like how am i supposed to raise three babies on my own and go to work and make a hundred thousand dollars a year <laughs> this, I mean, is, oh this is unrealistic <laughs> it's not realistic i mean just buy like a nanny in for your kids i'm not sure if they're all the same age or just like like have babies at different times and then no left. they were triplets I remember this distinctly. <laughs> they were tripling. <laughs> they were all the same age. Oh gosh, I knocked my glasses off. They were all the same age. <laughs> and so I was like, I was a single mother, and I was like, this is bull. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, but yes, um, sex ed was terrible. Um gosh uh i guess kind of goes back to girlhood what people boys and girls want about sex and sexuality differently and also when i was reading through guide to getting it on mm-hmm. uh they were saying how like boys discover their sexuality earlier on than girls so kind of like masturbation boys do it earlier than girls where girls i guess it's different about their genitals because you know boys well i guess i can't really speak for guys themselves but i guess guys have a little bit more comfortable with their genitals with girls thinking oh down there's disgusting and blah 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 and you don't experiment as much so probably that's how they see themselves differently mm-hmm. so and i'm not sure how i feel about my genitals i guess fine okay that was probably tmi but you don't wait you weren't sure how you feel about what <laughs> I didn't hear my genitals i think they're oh. fine yeah, no, I I definitely don't think um, nobody yet. People don't really place emphasis for boys. I feel like it's kind of, it's normal, right? You know, like yeah. in every sort of medium we've seen, like in the media, like it's always like the boy is trying to do it real quick and not get caught by his parents or whatever. He's got the door closed and he's like under the covers and there's tissue boxes somewhere and some lotion and the other boy. And so it's just always like that's normal or whatever, but like and like if if I think I don't ever think I thought that like my genitals were disgusting or whatever I just think I didn't think about them I was like uh I was just kind of like this is here I know how this works I know all the parts to it 
don't yeah. really know what to use it for. <laughs> like, you know, because <laughs> nobody ever teaches you that. They don't teach, like, they don't encourage girls to, like, search for self-pleasure. And I think, like, one of the... Um, even though like like big mouth i i actually have you i love that show big mouth is so like i can never watch it around my parents because my mom makes a space every single time but like big mouth is so good even though it's people consider it very vulgar i think it's so good with um talking about like yeah hey like like the main character what is her name the one with the the red hair what is her name uh dang yeah because well well big mouth yes mm-hmm. also side note i love maya rudolph <laughs> i love her so much <laughs> is it jesse jesse that sounds right that sounds right yeah but like i love the fact that they like they explored that 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 with jesse and the period monster right like and she's yeah. like uh like telling her like hey girl yeah masturbate like that that's what we you want it you want it like and it's like yeah. and i think it's also a good tool for especially like preteens that gets well somewhat relate to it thinking okay you don't know exactly what you're going through and thinking girl pleasures and especially with that book we talked about how like girls get turned on versus how guys get turned on because mm-hmm. they with that book i'm not sure how far you are in the series I, I'm. Not, I think. Oh, I need to get back on it. I think I'm from the second season. Oh. Yeah, I think it was in the first season where they're talking about the guy who transformed the horde with that book, where all the women were really happy about this book, whereas like the guys thinking, "Yes, this is it." Yes, I remember that. It was yeah, and it was based off of what Fifty Shades of Grey or something. Like that's where yeah. I think that's where they based it. Yeah, and it was like, oh yes, like they were all into it, and like I mean, yeah, and I feel like there was like a real sexual revolution i mean side note i hate 50 shades of gray it's literally like like a piece of literary trash um you should use it as kindling for your fire um but like because it does not explore bdsm the right way but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother podcast but I do want to commend her for the fact that she did bring about like a sexual reawakening for like millions of not just like, you know, preteens who like bought the book when they weren't supposed to, but like (laughs) older women who were like, you know, maybe not thinking about like their, their sexuality and their pleasure in that way. So I, I do have to give her that still don't like the book. (laughs) <laughs> but at least the author is less uh problematic than jk Rowling. i'll give her that that's you know what get your wins where you can get them okay um but like um yeah no when i was i didn't start i didn't start self-pleasuring until i was in my 20s honestly because nobody ever like nobody ever talks about it uh, like I mean, when we were younger yeah i mean i remember like 16 but i remember my mom well before she died when i did it's like oh yeah you can grow up to be a whore it's bad and blah 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 so i guess i had like negative mm-hmm. uh aspects to it but then after therapy and just kind of being honest with myself i think it's really not a bad thing i'm not a horrible person when i'm doing it mm-hmm. i mean unless i do it too much or when neglect other parts of my life then yeah mm-hmm. anything so, that you obsess over is probably not a good thing too much of one thing is never good but you know that's important um 
Oh man, I feel like I feel like I had another question. So like what what were your main takeaways from the movie for anybody who kind of wants to like get into the movie itself? I thinking well the dancing in and itself with the suggestive dancing, I guess people are not a big cup of tea. That's only like ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. What I do like about it is that it does embrace her girlhood. I guess I don't want to spoil anything, or maybe I should spoil it because why not? Because uh-huh. and uh, she decided to just be a kid because she's kind of stuck between what what is her culture? Because what I got from is like what her culture, her traditional culture expects her to be a woman, and then what does society? I guess French Western society expects her to be a woman, and versus mm-hmm. where she's want to be a girl because she just decided instead of like going to her father's second marriage in her traditional Singlish dress or going and doing the sexy dances. She chooses just to play jump rope so she can just kind of embrace her girlhood a little bit longer. So I just think it kind of questions, okay, what do we see? what is girlhood and what's the transformation that goes from like girlhood to womanhood? I mean, is she a woman when she had her period? Is she a woman when she gets physical or how people treat her when she like dress a little bit more sexy or mm-hmm. shows a little bit more skin. So I do want to say it's a good film that talks about girlhood and also they do also talk about with the imam what I thought was interesting. They said when she was doing all these things, like she took a picture of her uh, vagina and put it on the internet mm-hmm. and was a major part of the scene and when the mom went to go talk to her she said oh she's not a there's no evil spirit here it's just a girl that's confused mm-hmm. and if your marriage is getting too much you can leave it mm-hmm. so a little bit of the mom supporting women in the family so i guess a little bit about an islam i mean i'm not muslim mm-hmm. i only know a little bit about the religion saying how it's quite pro-woman in that environment Mm-hmm. and how she just absor- absorbs women. So I just think it kind of questions how one girl sees herself. Um, she also knows other women in the movie, which I thought was interesting because she, when she was coming out of her mosque with the meeting with the Muslims, uh, she was noticing a lot more about women, how she was called flat, her butt was flat. And then she started looking at women's butts and just noticed them, I guess, not in a sexual way, just thinking, huh. Some women's buds are curved, some of them are flat, how they feel about their body. So just mostly what you should get about the movie is that uh, how a girl got a girlhood to womanhood and how like women see each other and that. And sadly, we can't really stop it because now we, sure, I mean, back in our day, you can always like censor TV, but it's also on magazines and now they have it in their pocket now. So I think it's an important uh, conversation to have. Yeah, exactly when when do you think you when do you define like womanhood like how or how was it defined in your life like people are like you're a woman now like how do you define like when you hit womanhood and how have other people defined when you hit womanhood in your life well I guess for me I'm always thinking about that because I guess the idea of womanhood was placed before us because I'm thinking how would you have womanhood let's say for people who are not traditionally feminine right or also people who are not cisgendered women at that age so I'm Mm -hmm. guessing I think it's probably something we should probably redefine ourselves because I'm thinking you're a woman when you have a period so what about women who don't have periods and Mm -hmm. women who cannot physically have babies because I remember I was told at 15 because I have PCOS, I might not be able to have children. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might be wrong, because looking at my sister who have kids themselves, 
maybe I might be able to have kids. So I'm thinking a lot of people probably define womanhood as looking feminine and looking physically like a woman. And I guess feminine, well, I guess looking girly, I could probably see that because, yeah, I like to wear makeup and dresses from time to time. But Mm -hmm. sometimes I can be a bit masculine and tomboyish, like lift weights and Mm -hmm. like non-traditional girly things. So I'm thinking with womanhood, I guess it's however you like to define it. Like kind of being an adult woman, making decisions yourself. I mean, I can probably define that as womanhood. Yeah. I would have to agree. Um, I feel like in my life, um, womanhood has kind of been defined by people around me. It's kind of like, oh, um, like it's, I think it's been based on a financial thing actually a lot because I've noticed in like my own family that like my parents will like not give me that title just because I'm still here and it's kind of hard to navigate that idea of like well like because I don't obviously I don't believe like that's when you should define like something like that um because uh like there's no guarantee that as soon as I leave here like you're going to show me the respect that you would show in a like an adult woman like any other adult woman that you didn't know and that you didn't raise so like for me I feel like womanhood is like like you said like coming into your own decisions being able to um kind of stand up for those decisions and um like creating those boundaries because um you know if we just kind of base it on like these like oh you've had your period you're a woman now like uh, uh, there are some girls who are having periods at nine um and they're nowhere near like they're like they're nowhere near making those kinds of decisions like there are some people that um you know some girls who hit puberty at a young age or they're late or they're whatever so you're just gonna rob them and then of course you're not even thinking about trans women you're not putting into like consideration people who are like like toe the line of like femininity and masculinity like so like are you just gonna rob them of that sort of like definition just because they don't fit into like a certain like box yeah like i'm making a shape this is a this is not a visual medium this is like a an audio medium but i'm making a shape right now like a like a colon a colander is that what i want to say i don't know what i'm trying to say you know it's like shape where it's always like pouring down yeah like the that thing that you that you use to fill small <laughs> containers when oh, you like a funnel yeah funnel <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Um well, I think I think I definitely um I definitely want to watch the movie. I feel like anybody else that it's like kind of curious about like like you're you're not totally turned off by like how terrible Netflix is at marketing. Um US America because the one in France it defined because they did actually took a lot of precautions because I was reading an article that said they also Guy like child psychologist, psychiatrist on the set, and they also check with the French market to make sure that the children are not being abused, and also check with the actors, say, are you comfortable with the scene? Yeah. So it's not like they're just exploiting them and doing like some Jeffrey Epstein sex circle, because right. the person who directed them was a black female Sinhalese Muslim woman. So, yeah. and I, she also took like years of research to do it. 
Yeah, bro, America's just not thoughtful whatsoever. We're trash. We are the shithole country. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've heard we're one country with a Gucci belt. Right, yeah, we're a shithole country with the Gucci belt. Um uh, so yeah, everybody. Like, if you're if you're interested in girlhood, if you want to talk more about it um, or learn more about it, you should definitely check out the film, the Singalese Virgin version, because I feel like that one's probably a lot better. Um, but- watch it in French with English subtitles. Mm-hmm. Don't watch it with the English dub. So French dub, English subtitles. Yes, I feel like we're like sub snobs a little bit though, because we've been doing this for a while. We do that with anime as well. I don't watch dubs. Um. <laughs> But, well, I'm actually, I guess, controversial, I guess, from a nerd take. I'm okay with certain dubs. Is it I the mean, ones that are nostalgic to you? Be honest. Like Sailor Moon or like... <laughs> I mean, with Pokemon, because, I mean, I'm kind of mixed on localization. Because mm-hmm. sometimes with, like, certain dubs, I mean, it doesn't translate one-to-one. Because, mm-hmm. like, with uh, Pokemon, his name is a punt. Yeah. of course it is and of course america in our in our terribleness would not make that pun of reality oh well, his name is satoshi so they changed the ash ketchup and i kind of feel the same with like ace attorney as well where they supposed to be is supposed to be in america but i'm thinking a lot of the translation doesn't go well but i guess i were like phoenix fright or avery Richman. i think his middle name should be white so Avery Rich White Man to get justice in America and the anime to me that'll be hilarious. I forgot what his name is in Japanese, but Avery Rich Man is uh, one of the pun names. So I guess if it was in Japanese. It may just go over my American head. Uh, but still, anyway. So <laughs> um, if you want to check out the movie, please do. It's on Netflix. If you still have a Netflix account. Um, or you can steal it because I know half the people are not paying for their own Netflix account. That's right. Just uh, just find you a. It's cuffing season. Find you a boo. Um, steal their Netflix and watch uh, cuties. Watch cuties in French with some English subtitles, and uh, explore your own girlhood or boyhood or in betweenhood or whatever your life was like and however you express your masculine and feminine features go all for it we support you that's right we we definitely support you in all that you are trying to do um we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and play shenanigans (laughs) (laughs) oh man and we're back (laughs) oh we're back um oh wait hold on let me press play no record no (laughs) (laughs) i'm the worst (laughs) i'm the worst oh man um okay we're gonna do shenanigans um we're gonna do shenanigans and my question this week is what was your rite of passage Hmm, my rite of passage. Right, because we talked about um, girlhood this week, and because rite of passage is um, a, like a theme and a lot of those types of, like, what do well, we- let's see. I guess a rite of passage that I had to take. 
Well, I guess a rite of passage, well, I'm thinking in terms of like, say, my nerdiness, I guess my rite of passage was kind of going to a convention first time in cosplay. Hmm. Whoa, because I think the first time I actually cosplayed, I went to OniCon in Galveston. Mm. So, well, because I went to OniCon first time was in Houston, then something happened, and then in Galveston, my ride of casting when I dress up as Sailor Pluto, mm-hmm. and definitely, that was definitely a ride of passage, made it to the geekdom there, I guess. Uh-huh. I love her Sailor Pluto um, cosplay. So fun. So fun. The wig is really, really long, so I don't always like get it out because it gets tangled so freaking easily. So I guess for special occasions. So hopefully once COVID 19s done, probably get into better shape, probably do like a Mortal Kombat cosplay. <gasps> yes. Right. You want to do a katana. I want to do a Melina, which is perfect. <laughs> but i'm like i'm like which version of melina should i do i don't know it's hard to pick there's like at least 12 or 13 versions of both of those characters outfit wise Mm. my rite of passage i guess in terms of like i always think of like rite of passages is like when you're taken seriously by like your tribe or like the rest of your family or whatever and i feel like the my rite of passage was when um i like when people wh- i think it was when like my parents started trusting me to just cook <laughs> like <laughs> like they stopped constantly looking over my shoulder like when i was cooking um that's that that's always fun i can't think of like a specific moment when like that stopped happening but i feel like it was just like my mom was like i feel like the first time it ever happened like my mom was just like super late and she's like you cook and i'm like you're gonna let me cook without you being here like hovering over me that's amazing (laughs) i feel like that's a uh, that's a rite of passage into my quote-unquote womanhood is when like like she basically is like you cook whatever the hell that i've like taken out to cook or you cook dinner or you do this so that is my rite of passage story can't remember the first meal i cooked what was the first meal i cooked oh my gosh that's so hard what was the first meal you cooked bell bars well, let's see, because I remember cooking, like, around 9, 10, but we started with, like, simple stuff, so since, you know, my dad worked a lot, and my brother and I are home alone, we just started with simple stuff, like, microwave popcorn chicken, mm-hmm. and then I guess once we start getting a little bit older, we want to have to make salads, and then I think, huh, I'm not sure, I think the first meal I cooked was actually an omelet because I was making them for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So I think, because I actually learned it strangely from Spider-Man 3. It was in a scene and I was on it stupid and they were scrambling an egg. So I'm thinking, oh, that's how we make an omelet because no one in my other family knows how to make an omelet. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like have that legendary strategy of like making omelets. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to make omelets and kind of like, oh, okay, go make your mom an omelet, go make me an omelet, go make your siblings an omelet. So I've actually... The first thing you cook was like omelets and then pancakes. Oh, I suck at making. 
Right. So now, about- like for Thanksgiving, I'm using the one that like cooks up a storm. Like if I have like a lot of time, I try to do like the Patty Labelle macaroni and cheese with the different <sighs> types of cheeses. Oh. Just get like Tyson and just like oven baked because oven baked macaroni and cheese the best type of macaroni and cheese. I mean, so yeah, and pie and also make Rice Krispie treats. So I guess if I'm in the proper mood, I like to cook a lot. And I guess the first thing I cook for my my culture, my Bayesian culture, like in high school, we had to do a cultural dish mm. for one of my health classes. So I decided to make salted uh, cod fish cakes. And mm-hmm. they actually went, it kind of tastes like a hush puppy, except it has a little bit of fish. And what's surprisingly, my brother doesn't like to eat fish, but he can eat that. And same thing with my sister, my oldest sister, who doesn't like to eat fish, but she would eat that because she likes shellfish. So, like, we do crawfish boils mm-hmm. from time to time, you know, with our Creole Louisiana culture. So, <laughs> I mean, I wish I could make a crawfish boil. That's one thing yes. I do want. I wish I can cook one of these days like well i'll i may drag you um to louisiana and we'll i'll i'll let i'll make somebody like let you do a crawfish boil um but uh oh man i like i'm i'm the queen of breakfast in my house actually like i usually am on breakfast do like i i actually i think the first time and this is when i was in my like early 20s I think it was right after I graduated college or whatever my my mom was like you have to make breakfast every week every Sunday now and I was like because my she usually like wants my dad to eat a really big breakfast on Sundays like before he goes to work because like my dad is notorious for just not eating all day and so like she's like Sundays are for big meals and so like I will usually like cook a huge breakfast on Sunday unless I'm just not feeling it that day and then y'all get donuts from the ships down the street amen um so <laughs> i don't know i feel like the first thing that i ever cooked was probably a breakfast related item and i actually like i don't eat breakfast that often but i like making breakfast so i like i like making scones i like making muffins i fucking love muffins these people here don't like muffins and i don't know why but i love making muffins I actually love making anything with eggs. So scrambled eggs, actually more experiment with like quiches in the oven. So I like like chop them up and get like some spinach and it really depends. I can probably do like one with extra vegetables or those with extra meat. I love meat, love mm-hmm. protein. So like ham, bacon, uh, maybe even chicken or whatever leftovers we have. So yes. I love making things with eggs. I wish I could make, like, scones and stuff for breakfast, but... Scones are actually not as hard as you think they are. Um, I found a recipe, and they were pretty... They were pretty okay. I think the first... I think I just took... I take forever in the morning to make breakfast. It don't matter what I'm making. I made waffles this morning, and it took me, like, 30 minutes, and it really only should have taken me 15. But I was trying to be quiet. And also, like, I just take my time. So, um... Yeah, like scones, it took me forever because like the dough was really sticky and it was my first time making it, but it really wasn't that hard. Um, so like, try it. I encourage everybody like like for this question, like rite of passage. This is a challenge. Like, do something interesting to kind of push yourself out of the comfort zone, your comfort zone. Because the way that I define rites of passage is like it's going from it's ending one stage 
of your life to go to another and sometimes those aren't really like huge things it's just like like for me like an upcoming rite of passage in my book is like literally just moving out of the house into a new apartment and that's a big thing for like but for some people it could be like something really small and quiet as like small as like I just switched religions but like I just went from Catholic to Christian or something like that like it's not really like it doesn't have to be some big thing or it can be like I cooked my like favorite meal by myself for the first time and it's like you can feel like the energy like shift and so like I mean like that that there's a challenge for you like do something that you haven't gotten to do um I feel like another rite of passage for me is gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna do um next year I said I was gonna do um matchmaking so I've done like speed dating and I've done like online I can't eat listen I can't do anything with these people in here (laughs) I don't even remember what I was talking about anyway take risks people even if your family comes up here and ruins that risk yes so ride a passage and and I guess kind of going kind of like a shift in energy Mm -hmm. working out or just learning how to cook I mean a simple uh step of learning how to cook for yourself learning Mm -hmm. how to clean for yourself something small and I understand people reach these different milestones at different ages some people reach them earlier like age 19 and some people not until they're 34 yeah 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 always push yourself people okay we're gonna move on uh to um terrible advice for the reddit girls (laughs) something fun for you people out there um belmars do you want to go first or do you want me to go yes this is from our racing people lives from reddit i should probably get me a reddit account Mm-hmm. from sweet sunsets i realized that i'm a selfish communicator and i want to change i need advice okay. i guess here's the full story i grew up as an only child my ability to talk with people was based on my ability to connect to them to myself or my life rather than theirs when people say things i recognize or relate to my automatic response is to say me too and maybe start talking about experience I've had or something that relates to the conversation. My brain automatically wants to connect almost everything somebody says to myself. I'm not a bad listener either. I'm interested in people. I can sit for a considerable amount of time and not say a word and just let the other person happily chat about themselves. Mm -hmm. But I hate these connections I made. I find it really hard to stop and feel like I'm going over conversation in my brain, feeling guilty over the amount of time I started telling people personal stories or butting in with a me too, or that reminded me of the time I, my mom, my dog did this. Mm-hmm. I do my best to always listen and really interrupt and I become decently good at it. I also neglect questions when I can order to keep the focus on my person I'm chatting to. But at the same time, my brain is selfish. Often I wonder why somebody isn't interested in asking about me or hearing about my stories instead of just being glad that they are talking to me. Sometimes I just do what I want to talk about myself, and I hate that a lot of the time. I want to be a less selfish communicator, not only for the other people's benefit, but for my own. I don't know where to start, though. 
I mean, I feel like, so just like in the overall question, I feel like um, you have already started, right? You're, you recognize the fact and you acknowledge the fact and you taking accountability for the fact that, hey, like you often turn conversations back around at yourself, which for anybody out there, that's a completely natural and normal thing. Like that's a lot, tons of people do that. Um, especially I feel like more outgoing people because they, when you're trying to make connections like that, the only way like a lot of people can feel like they can do that is by like saying, oh, uh, is by showing that sort of empathy, like, oh, hey, whatever thing that you're doing, like you're talking about now, I'm doing that too. And it's not always a bad thing, obviously, like, especially when you're in like a casual conversation, like the kind of like environment that Bell Myers and I are trying to create on the podcast, like to yeah. where we're just kind of like, oh, da 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 da, oh, that happens to be too. And then also this, and you like, you build off of that and conversation and you like connect that way. But it's, it's also important, you know, like you said, to listen um, and to understand. I think a lot of people need to go into a conversation understanding what exactly the person is trying to get out of that conversation, like what you're both trying to get out of that conversation so like for instance like if your friend if you're trying to make a connection and like you're meeting somebody and or you're trying to build like strengthen a connection like for example like somebody could tell you something really vulnerable like oh um my dog just died or something um and a lot of the times like the thing that I think I'm trying to employ now when I talk to people is, are you, do you want to vent about the fact that your dog died or do you want me to like offer some sort of like solutions to you, like to make you feel better? Because some like, that's a very like, especially when people are asking for, sometimes people when they come to you with problems aren't asking for advice. They're literally just trying to get it out there in yeah. this, like universe to somebody else um and they don't want to really want anything in return and I feel like a lot of us especially like me in like like general I feel like I I typically when people come to me with problems I'm like well you could do this and this and you would be like I think you would be okay and it's like that's not always what people want like they just kind yeah. of want to tell you what they want to tell you and without receiving anything back um so I feel like the a way for you to be a less selfish communicator is maybe like going into the conversation if someone kind of brings something up like that like um like uh like something sensitive or maybe something like um I don't know like uh something something like that you have like in common like maybe with them like that you recognize you can say to them, oh, like, do you, like, I could, like, I also had that similar experience. Do you want me to tell you about it? Or like, um, oh, like, are you like, do you just want to like talk about it? Do you just want me to sit here? Do you just want to say like, you like go in there if you like, if you feel like that's something that you're having an issue with, like go in there and be like, what is it that you want to get out of this conversation? Um, But I feel like turning things around and like, saying oh me too like this happened to me is not like it's not always a bad thing like and I feel like also if somebody else hasn't told you like hey like you really taught like monopolize the conversation like then you might not need to worry about it so much you can always ask like hey do you feel like I monopolize conversations when we talk but uh like 
I don't know, Bell Mars. What do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I think I agree. I guess it also depends what conversations are coming in. So I'm thinking if they say, oh, I went on a fishing trip over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, got to say, oh, me too. I'm thinking, it, I guess saying me too probably wouldn't be weird, but I'm guessing probably like asking questions like, oh, what did you catch on your fishing trip? And I guess also with death, because I remember with pals, they were saying like this girl heard, I think her, a parent died of hers. And I guess if I said me too, that probably wouldn't be as helpful. I guess it's foreign because, you know, everyone's relationship with their parents is different. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking probably offer your condolences and probably talk about, okay, how do you feel? And just kind of feel, well, probably don't give them advice or tell them to cheer up. Just thinking probably let them vent or talk about the good times with that parent. So I guess it also depends on the type of conversation you guys are having. I guess if you're sharing an experience like that fishing trip, I think that should be fine saying mm-hmm. me too. And then thinking, oh, what did you use? What bait did you use? What rod did you use? What mm-hmm. string did you use? So probably get more information about them versus, okay, with like a dog or a parent dying, probably ask them, uh, offer your condolences and probably just ask them more about the relationship. Some people thinking with a parent died, they may not care, thinking good, my mom's dead, whatever. There's like, yeah, I'm really sad about my mom's passing. We were really, really close. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing probably ask them information about that. So I'm thinking, and, and it's good that the poster uh, pointed out, okay, that, he does have a habit of like monopolizing or she i'm mm-hmm. not sure it's sweet said that's kind of like monopolizing that conversation so i'm thinking that's good that this person recognized it but probably just um i guess for people because it's a common issue that people have so i'm thinking if it's not saying me too it kind of have a relate i just thinking some people like you said just probably just want to vent mm-hmm. not looking for advice yeah 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 um the other part of that that i think um the when you she he or she whatever said that they were um they were wondering like well why like why don't other people ask me about like you know like um my experiences or like why is it that i and i think that's also a thing too like people sometimes it can feel like especially when you have two very different personalities it can feel like one person is really carrying the conversation it's like you're not asking me anything about me and like uh so i have to like I mean, I'm trying to connect with you. And so I feel like I'm giving more than you're like giving me in return. And so like, that's, that's also like a, it's a, it's a, it's a common issue, I guess, with a lot of people, especially when you have like two, again, like two really like differing personalities. But, um, um, I think my thing is, um, if you feel like you're, like giving too much to the conversation um the only thing I can like think to do is just to kind of be all like well um only thing I I mean it's hard like to just be all like um just uh, the only thing I can think of is just kind of kind of like to sit almost to like force them to like (laughs) to ask you something like it's just kind of like yeah and then you just stop and it's kind of like you know, like, you just kind of, you wait to see what they do, because I feel like some people, especially when you're, you know, someone for a long time, and they're used to a way that you act, they're not gonna, like, totally catch on to, like, oh, they want me to ask more about them, when they're used to you just giving more to them, like, they're like, oh, I'm gonna, I can tell them that 
I got a haircut this weekend and they will literally go off into a tangent and now know everything I need to know. And I won't have to ask them anything because I now know every, all the information I wanted to know. So like, if you want somebody to kind of, and you also have to realize that people don't, they don't all communicate the same. Um, and it's good, right? Like that we don't all always communicate the same. We should all strive to communicate well, um, and openly and be, you know, like respectful and kind or whatever, but like everybody is not a kind of person that will just like, like I will just like word vomit, which is what I'm basically doing right now. (laughs) It will just like word vomit all the information in my brain because like I will lose it if I don't. Um, some people do not do that like they don't word vomit like everything in their brain and some people are more like let me measure every word I say Um, I don't feel like I have to say a whole bunch of things to get my point across I don't um, I feel like you know you don't maybe need to know this about me or you maybe some people may think that whatever you're talking about um, doesn't apply to them because they're not that interesting. And, you know, like, so there's different things that go into communication like that. So, I mean, just, I feel like the best thing you could do is really just to talk to your friends and be like, do you think I'm a good communicator? Do you think I could do something better? Feedback in marketing is like the best tool that you could possibly ever like have. And yeah. So like, am I too selfish in conversations or yeah. So just thinking, probably just pay attention to the type of conversations. I mean, I guess I'm not sure. Maybe depends on the type of people. Some people just want to come up to you and be like, oh my God, my job sucks so much. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think you probably want to come to that. I just probably need a vent mm-hmm. or like any advice about my sucky job. Probably get a new one. So I guess probably pay attention to the type of conversation coming into and then probably find ways you probably maybe jump in. I'm thinking, well, I remember when I had a job that sucked and I did X, Y, and Z to work for advisor. I'm thinking, uh-huh, uh-huh. What else sucks about that? Yeah, that brings Yeah, he key. is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you should key his car. Wait, what? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess it really depends on the type of conversation. So probably jump in to vent or probably just give advice. So I'm thinking probably or they probably want to relate to something or probably it's a common issue. So I guess really... One person mentioned just pay attention to the type of conference like, oh, why are this person telling me this? I'm thinking you want to vent or want to have a bitch fest about the supervisor. <laughs> yeah. That asshole. <laughs> he stole my sandwich. Um, yeah, so that, that would be the best advice that I'd have for anybody thinking about their communication skills. Um, and like, yeah, during this time, everybody, please please make sure you're like reaching out and talking to somebody, whether it's a friend, whether it's a professional licensed professional, somebody like you need somebody to talk to because we can't touch each other right now. So like, that's and hard. I love hugs. So and it's been hard. It has been hard. Like listen, nobody in this house will hug me. <laughs> nobody in this house will hug me. I gotta, I don't know where I'm going to get hugs. Um, all right. We're going to do another one. A last one. And it's, am I the asshole? And it is, the title is, am I the asshole for not buying my boyfriend a PlayStation after he refused to get me a coach back? For my 22nd birthday in September, I told my boyfriend, who's a 25-year-old male, about a specific coach bag that I absolutely love, and I hinted that I wanted it for my birthday. 
My boyfriend told me that I was crazy for wanting something that expensive and he wasn't going to spend almost $500 on a bag. To be clear, he isn't financially unstable. He actually makes a decent amount of money. He just didn't think it was reasonable to spend that much on a bag. I was honestly fine with this. I didn't get upset or anything. It's just a bag. Fast forward to this week, my boyfriend keeps bringing up the new PS5 and he's fully expecting me to purchase it for his birthday early next year. I absolutely cannot afford it. I work minimum wage while studying at university. If I blow that much money, my bank account is going to suffer. Not to mention, why would he expect me to buy him a gaming console after he blatantly refused to buy me a coach bag that is probably $200 cheaper than the PS5? I mentioned it to my boyfriend and he told me that there's an enormous difference between a purse and a PlayStation and I can't compare them. Then he proceeded to call me immature uh am i the asshole i'm feeling like a bad girlfriend at the moment um so just like as a preface and i'm gonna let you answer this one first i picked this one as kind of like a follow-up to the idea of like girlhood and womanhood and also like how we're kind of bred to like be i feel like a lot of girls are bred to be people pleasers like especially into like you know kind of kowtow to men a lot like and I feel like in this situation like we're getting a little bit of that so like but I want I want you to what do you think Belmaris what do you want to say well I guess as a female and as a geek both of those excite me because I do have a coach bag and I do want to get me a PS5 (laughs) right so I think it's kind of dismissive how he just kind of say, I'm not going to spend that much because it's just a purse. Cause I'm thinking someone who may not use a coach bag, coach bag is top notch. They don't break off. Cause I had like cheap bags to coach bags and the coach bags last. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm thinking he also wants a PS5 and a PS5 to me, it looks hella cool, but considering a PS5 is more expensive and then a coach bag and I'm pretty sure another five or six years gonna be a PS6 so I'm thinking it's kind of dismissive to say that um to say that she's being immature about not wanting to get a coach bag because I'm thinking that's very valuable to him and I understand a PS5 is hella awesome thinking how you can get the games for it the games are expensive too so I think it's kind of dismissive you're not probably a bad girlfriend because I'm thinking yeah, you do want to please them, but then also financially you can't. So I'm thinking unless you do it on layaway or like get a used one. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking as a girlfriend, yeah, you do want to give them the best thing, but I guess also it's a bit jerk. Cause I guess, yeah, it's just the bag, but then it's also just the game system. Yeah. I mean, as the geek inside of me is probably dying inside, but I don't <laughs> think. Because I do want to get the Mile Morales game, so. Yes. So, I'm thinking, yeah, you can't afford it. I'm thinking, in this expensive system, I'm thinking probably don't be dismissive towards him, towards your emotions. I'm thinking, yeah, for your birthday, it's just a bag, but then it's also for him. It's just the game system, I guess, in the same regard. We want to, like, hit below the belt, both sides, so. I do think you can probably do what you can. You need to understand that I really can't afford it, but I'm guessing probably best in a relationship probably not to try not to do a take for tack. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, let them know that I can't afford. I mean, as much as I love to please you, babe, I can't afford a PlayStation Five right now. Um, and in the same brand that you think a coach bag is too expensive for a purse, I'm thinking also at the same time it's kind of expensive for a game station. You probably want to wait till Black Friday or whatever when the price drops down mm-hmm. so i'm thinking she's doing what you can and i feel you girl 
Yeah, no, I'd have to totally agree. Um, the fact that your boyfriend even s- tried to say that you can't compare them like they're apples to oranges. Um, friend, um, my coach bag is going to be like like last longer probably than your ps5 let's be real like they're going to i'm going to still have this bag and you're gonna want a ps6 with different games okay sweetheart listen me i too i don't play video games as much as belmire's um right. there's no one for me to play them with but also I'm just like i don't um but um i'm not good at them i try to avoid things i'm not good at but like uh and like i'm also not like a brand girl i don't care but like it's like a coach bag and you have a like well-paying job and you make money like if you didn't want to get the coach bag cool you should not though have expected her to get you a ps5 which is which i'm reading starts at 399 when she's in college and she works a minimum wage job you know you full of shit you know you full of shit the fact that you tried to guilt trip this girl into like feeling bad for not getting you a playstation and saying oh but you didn't get me a coach back so why should i get you a PlayStation? you work a job you ain't going to school like you don't have you don't have a minimum wage job you apparently make decent money and it's fine like to be all like oh i don't want to buy you a coach bag but don't come back to me and be like get me a ps5 when you know i get i barely got shit like money to feed my ass or you and i'm trying to study okay get out of my face with that nonsense you listen He's lucky that he wasn't uh, in a relationship with me because he would have got cussed the fuck out. Okay, let me make that clear. Okay, the fact that you even hinted, one, you screwed up when you hinted that I should get you a PS5. That's some bull. Two, you you fucked up again because you were like, oh, coach bags and PS5s aren't the same. Your mom is not the same. Three, (laughs) (laughs) three, you gonna call me immature? Oh, no. I, I don't know if y'all live together. I don't know, like, what the situation is, but what I, I would have packed my things. If I lived with him, I would have packed my things and been gone. If he lived with me, his box his, would have been to the left, like Beyonce said. Okay? <laughs> Everything you own is in a box to the left. Get out of my house. <laughs> Get out of my apartment. Like, well, I'm not sure how long they're dating either, so I'm thinking this probably, probably had to have, like, a heart to heart say, well, when you said that I'm immature, it really hurt me. Yes. I'm thinking if he says whatever this immature, I'm thinking this relationship probably won't work well. Yeah, uh, like if that's your if that's how you're gonna manage like my expect no. Mm-mm. It's not gonna work, boo-boo. You need to go. <laughs> you need to go. You got me out here looking like uh boo-boo the fool. You got me out here looking like a clown. That's not okay. I had to go to Reddit to ask for advice. Cause you got you gaslighting me out here, you you guilt tripping me, and that's not, no, no, yeah. no. I wish I would see that man. I eat him for le- breakfast, lunch, and dinner. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this come from me who's dating a guy with expensive taste. Cause he recently bought a bass guitar, and he cause we we're talking about moving in together. Mm-hmm. I guess now I'm just being a selfish communicator, now relating it to me. But yeah, I'm thinking it probably won't work out. Yeah, I I love it. Please let me live vicariously through you. Um, <laughs> um, all right, friends. Well, that's it for today. We have done all of our little segments. Um, 
Well, the uh, the question is going to be out. The podcast is going to be out tomorrow. The question is also going to be out tomorrow for y'all to answer on the social medias. I feel like we went off into a tangent about cooking, and I loved that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Podcast about cooking. I guess what cooking means to us and cooking culture. Cooking culture. One of these days. Um, Belmars, do you have anything to... Um, well, tell them your platforms. Oh, tell them your booze platform. Because I forgot. I was like, oh. Um, I yes, forgot to so tell them. His name is Rezium Rip. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can find him on the Instagram. You can also find him on SoundCloud. Because he is working on music. He recently bought a bass. He's working on it. Maybe he might join one of his friends' music band. So... I'll let you know. He's always working on that. I mean, I can, you can find me at ladybird underscore 94 on Instagram. I mean, I probably need to, and I'm also on Snapchat under the same name, but who knows? I need to probably get on the Twitter too, get on everything. Maybe even TikTok. I'm not sure what to make TikTok of. Uh, I, I feel like TikTok is not for us for some reason, even yeah. though I'm, I feel like it's for the Zers. The Gen Zers, which we are not, but yeah, I did. You know what? There are plenty of people from all sorts of uh, generations that are making that shit work for them. They're getting paid. So who am I? Like, but it's not for me. I feel like an old crotchety woman, and I'm just like TikTok is not for Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh, this reminds me of Vine, right? Like it's just a Vine with a different name. Um, you can find me on Twitter and, uh, Instagram. Twitter is, uh, at Nikki Alley Muse, N-I-K-K-I-A-L-I-M-U-S-E. And then my Instagram is at Nikki Alley G, which is the same. It's spelled the same. Um, yeah, follow us on there. I have nothing else to promote other than, uh, keep listening, uh, like we answer our little uh follow us on social media and um we uh take care of yourselves i'm gonna be like lester hall i'm not gonna steal his thing take care of yourselves please care about other people wear your mask um yeah, wear your mask uh please socially distance because i know you guys want to do anything for the holidays and it's burning me inside that i can't do it either right but please stay safe uh wear your mask don't go out clubbing yeah, no, we don't we don't need an ICU Christmas. Um thanks guys. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>